Welcome to another episode of the Lonely Fan Sports Show. I am Josh Anderson. And in this episode, we will look at round 11 of 12 of the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championship. We have one round after this. And we will begin with the 450 class. And Eli Tomac wins another race. And he will uh, win his, uh, well, second overall of the race. And it's just another disappointing season, I think, for Tomac. I, two in a row, when you realistically look at him. And I, I begin with Tomac. And, and the reason why I'm going to begin with Tomac is because he won this race. By damn near 45 seconds in Moto2. It was just kind of a dominating fashion. And it's just one of those things where if he was like, if if he was on like he was on in this race, he could be looking at his fourth Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championship, but he's not. And he has a shot of getting second in the points uh, looking at uh, next week at Hangtown and you can argue Hangtown is his best track on the circuit uh, he, he needs some luck though and it's going to be another hot race with Ken Roxon struggling but uh, Eli Tomac 47 points on the day 2-1 looked amazing as he will finish out his final race with Monster Energy Kawasaki. We will find out October 1st that he will be going to Monster Energy Yamaha. Uh, no, we will find out for sure if it's going to be a one-year or two-year deal. It's going to be interesting to see just how he's going to look in Yamaha. Because professionally speaking, we have seen him on a Honda, now a Kawi, and now a Yamaha. So it's going to be interesting to see. With this overall finish, uh, he keeps moving up the charts on the all-time victories list, the all-time moto victories list. Uh, next week, when I do the review pod for the whole year and review everybody's season, uh, we will go through his statistical stats when he compares them because he's approaching uh, Ryan Dungey and passing him on combined motocross and supercross wins. Very, He's extremely close in that category. All right, uh, let's get to your champion, Dylan Ferrandez. Uh, he is the 2021 450 champion. Obviously, I, I did not believe that was going to happen at all. I fully believed that that was going to be Eli Tomac in 2021. I thought that Dylan Ferrandez was it was going to be if he had if he was going to win a championship, it was going to be uh, it legitimately I thought it was going to be in maybe next year or the year after if he was going to have any type of chance and just because I thought maybe Tomac was going to have a rebound year with uh, not winning the championship in Supercross 
or Adam Censorello was going to rebound from being hurt and come back. Maybe Ken Roxon another year away from arm surgery and looking better in Supercross. I thought all these riders were were going to be better, but no. Uh, Dylan Ferrandez looked like he was the most consistent guy. It, it wasn't necessarily dominating wins all year because he only won. He's only won seven moto wins. He only has five overalls. So uh, when you look at his total wins, I mean, it's not the most dominating championship of all time which i mean that i'm not ta- that's not taking away anything for him it's it's just the way this year worked out we got a full year this year which is awfully nice unlike uh 2020 so i'm extremely happy that we got all 24 motos in and we're even getting a hang town in and uh state of california is going to even allow that race to go in so uh dylan ferrandez was the best guy in moto one uh moto two obviously he get, he just got his doors blown off by uh eli tomac and maybe he was just letting off but i don't he i mean he lost by 45 seconds so uh for dylan uh we'll see what happens next week if uh I don't think if if 2015 Eli Tomac comes, <laughs> I don't think uh, Dylan is going to beat that. But uh, uh, he might just. We'll see what Dylan comes in because uh, he's only. I guess apparently I heard that they are only going to get a couple of week break before they are going to go right into Supercross testing. And the one thing that Dylan needs to work on is going to be. Uh, starts and that's the one thing that he has always struggled on when uh moving on to uh moving on to his uh if he wants to win a 450 uh supercross championship all right uh number three was uh cooper webb uh good for you um you know first of all cooper webb uh he announced on instagram beforehand that he was going to be wearing uh he put all the names of the people who died in the military and I felt that was very respectful. Or all the 13 members of the military who died in Afghanistan. That was extremely respectful for him to be uh, doing that. That was awesome. That was amazing. And um, and he really, you know, I, I, there's a few times that, you know, I was not a Cooper Webb fan. He was on the 250s. But, you know what, the more and more and more I watch him, the more and more and more I like him. And I am a fan, uh, you know, because I thought I felt there was a little bit of arrogance of him in the 250 class. But the fact of the matter is, is that you know he kind of made some comments when he was on the podium in Texas about freedom, and then him just showing grit about riding after the crash in 2019, and then there was the um, I think some of the, I. Real quick, going back, I think there was some of the stuff he was doing against Marv. I know Marvin kind of had some cross-jumping stuff. And then there was, uh, I mean, just just some of the animosity towards Marvin. I just had, and then some of the stuff against Bowers and some of the stuff that I got a little cringeworthy against Cooper Webb. But outside of that, just some of the stuff, podium stuff, you know, it's about freedom 
uh, and then some of the other stuff where you know he crashed on the concrete floor and then when I was at Millville this year he collided with uh, Chase Sexton when they were scrubbing and then he got up and rode the rest of the moto I don't think he scored any points but he was out there the entire time and now he has the uh, 13 Afghanistan um, names on the boots so I have an appreciation for Cooper Webb and uh, he, he can do that now with that said it'll be interesting to see what he does the rest of his career because uh, he's leaving Allens and that's going to be a big talking point moving into the 2022 Monster Energy Supercross season there's going to be a lot of eyes on him if he's going to be able to be reaching the same level of competition and competitiveness, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of guys that have not reached the levels of what they have when they've left. And we'll have to see if he does. Uh, the other thing is, is that if he wants to reach a level of uh, all-time greats, he's going to have to get better at motocross. Uh, he made some, obviously, some changes on the bike which he admitted to in the podium speech and then he admitted to in the press conference but if he wants to be a dungy if he wants to be a, in the midst of a tomac a villapoto uh, a carmichael a stewart a chad reed he needs to get better at motocross and until he does that two supercross championships are great that that's awesome that's wonderful but that's not going to hold up against you. Uh, uh, that's not going to do much to me in the all-time great statuses because you need to win both. And the all-time greats win both. Uh, Christian Craig got fifth. Uh, now, obviously, when you look at the rest of these uh, finishing positions, uh, there's a lot of death that are gone, but... Uh, that's fine. You can. Uh, it's neither here nor there. But uh, you know, you got to race the races, and uh, for these guys, moving forward, get the best race you can and make the most money you can. Uh, Christian Craig got fifth. Good for him. Uh, back after missing a race and being injured, uh, he will be racing the 250 class next season. Probably one for the last few times. And then he's going to make, obviously, with having a new kiddo on the way, he's going to make the most money he can. Uh, Max Anstey got sixth overall. Uh, he just got back from having COVID, so that's a good ride for him. Uh, if you listen to Pulp MX, uh, the rumor is, is that he's going to the Rocky Mountain KTM team. Uh, and also he's going to be training probably with actually Cooper Webb. So that would be good for him. He's going to be, obviously he did better than most people thought on Supercross last year when he came back from injury. So that was good for him. Also, uh, for next Supercross season, if he's going to be on that KTM, he's going to be on a better bike for said KTM. So he's got to be happier about that. Uh, seventh place was Cody Shock. Uh, good for him. Sad that Michael Lindsay's team is going under. Uh, I read a thing online. I think it was on Vital. Not the greatest sources on the planet, but uh, he was. Michael Lindsay said somewhere that he 
was owed $75,000 from sponsors that had not paid him yet. That's rough, and that's extremely disappointing. And it's just one of those things where you kind of, but you, you, you just can't event, event, or sorry, you just can't come up with $75,000 out of thin air. So it's just going to be one of those things where, uh, you, you know, you just got to go back to, uh, it sounds like he's just going to go back to his regular job and uh, move on from there. Cody Shock, uh, Pulpa Max said that maybe PC. Uh, I was actually kind of hoping that maybe like a Dylan Schwartz would make it maybe go there because that was more of a 250 team. I understand Cody Shock's kind of made statements that he kind of would rather go to a 250 Supercross team, which is fine. He can go to a 250 team and he rides a 450 well uh hopefully you can find a ride and continue to develop obviously when i remember watching him in salt lake it was dreadful to watch him but last season i know there were a lot of races where he was doing better than uh, a lot of the, the rookie star yamaha guys so hopefully he's able to find something there uh Number eight, well, eighth place was Brandon Hartrath. Top ten for him, great for him. Uh, hopefully, he goes back to the HEP team. Uh, he he's been getting better. Obviously, a lot of people say he should have probably stayed in a 250 class another year, but good for him for getting better. Uh, obviously, the 450 class this year did not start well. Was a fringe main event guy, and then he didn't make a lot of mains, and then finally he started main events again. So, and now he's top 10 450 guy in motocross so good for brandon ninth place joey savacci um i i don't know what to do about joey uh, i have to say this has been an extremely disappointing disappointing year for joey i have to say i was actually i was actually expecting more from him uh, i felt that he was going to go after the injury he was going to be fully healthy I thought that he was going to be just, I, I felt he was going to be better. I thought maybe not necessarily getting whole shots and being in the Kawasaki days, but I thought that he could be, um, I, I just felt that uh, he could be at least closer to the top five at some point. Um, Freddie Norman returns from injury, got 10th place, good for him. Justin Rodbell, almost top 10, gets 11th. Uh, he has a chance for next week. Uh, ben LeMay, 12th. He was down in the first corner, but he rode all the way up to finishing 15-12 uh, for 12th overall. Good for him. Ryan Sherratt finishes 13th. Uh, Justin Bogle, 14th overall. I... <laughs> It'll be interesting to see. It's just kind of been a bad year for Bogle. I don't know what to do with him, to be to be honest with you. It's going to be a kind of a, I don't know. It's just going to be, I don't know what's going to happen with him next season. It, it, I, I, I would like him to do some, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he has much speed left. And he wasn't even getting whole shots in Supercross, so we'll have to see what happens moving 
forward with him. Robbie Wageman showed up. He got 15th. Kevin Morantz showed up. Obviously, these are California races, so a lot of these guys are coming back. 16th, Scott Meshi, 17th overall. Jace Kessler was riding the Pulp MX bike. Broken wheel, but was able to finish 15th overall in the second moto. 18th, great for him. Hunter Scoffler, 20th. So that was the 450 class in the top 20. Won't really go further than that. Uh, we'll do the points in the class now. Dylan Ferrandez finishes first overall. Uh, Ken Roxon, second points. He has a nine-point edge over Eli Tomac. So Ken Rock, I bet there is a second-place bonus for, for Ken Roxon. So he probably will race Hangtown for that if, if, if the points lead wasn't or the points lead. If the points wasn't that close, I bet Roxon were gonna probably would have skipped it, but probably would like that second place bonus for Tomac. Hangtown is one of his best tracks, so if he goes one one, he's gotta hope uh, somebody goes in between those to get that second place bonus. Uh, Chase Sexton announced his fourth place in points. He announced before the race, he was going to miss it with an enlarged spleen. Uh, I have to assume that he's going to miss Hangtown and uh, just be out and just be getting ready for 2022 Supercross. Uh, Chase had a wonderful year. Uh, he, if Cooper Webb wins, uh, Cooper Webb would have to win the race to get. Uh, uh, fourth place in points, so I'm pretty sure that well, 30 points. Well, Cooper Webb needs to get at least um, well a three-three in the day. Cooper Webb needs to get at least two-thirds on the day to get um, fourth place in points. So either way, Chase is either going to finish fourth or fifth place in points. So we'll have to see what Cooper Webb does, but. For Chase Sexton, good season for him for his second year. He did make some. Uh, he had a, struggled a little bit on his starts for consistency purposes, but I think for finishing top five in points, he is moving forward. And obviously when looking in the future, uh, he's at an age point. He's about six to seven years difference in age with Ferrandis, Roxon, and Tom. Actually, he's about eight years difference in age between Ferrandis, Roxon, and Tomac. So when they are exiting the, exiting the class here shortly, he has a great chance of winning the championship coming up here shortly. Uh, Cooper Webb will either finish fourth or fifth place. Uh, he's raced the entire year, only having issues once this season with a zero points in that Spring Creek race, but he raced that race. Uh, he's gotten better since he made that frame adjustment. But as I went on that rant before, if he wants to be known as an all-timer, he's going to have to uh, uh, get better. Uh, sixth place in points is Christian Craig. He probably will finish in that place in points. Seventh place is Marvin Muscan. Uh, he is going to be dropping down in points. And uh, just because of J Joey Savacci 
is going to be racing. He'll he'll just drop down one place because uh, Aaron Plessinger or Barsha probably will not be racing. Uh, the one the one note for Marvin Muscan, uh, it was announced today that he re-signed with Red Bull KTM for a 2022 Supercross only deal. So uh, that was a uh, no motocross. I'm assuming there are two possibilities. He wants to race Supercross only to extend his uh, body for the future years, kind of like a Brayton only thing. Or this is going to be his final year of Supercross only. Those are the only two possibilities I could think of. Uh, Joey Savacci's 8th in points. Uh, Justin Barsha, ninth in points, out for the rest of the year. Get ready for 2022 Supercross. 10th place is Aaron Plessinger. Uh, Max Anstey is 11th place in points. Uh, it's, it's going to be where he's going to finish. Uh, Brandon Hartraft and Cody Shock are 12th and 13th. They are in a battle for uh, whoever finishes uh, better next week will finish 12th place in points. Actually, sorry, uh, 12th, 13th, and 14th in points are in a battle. Whoever finishes in the best position out of those three between Brandon Hartraft, Cody Shock, and Justin Bogle will finish in the higher position. Um, 15th is Adam Cincerello's. Uh, 16th is Dean Wilson. Both riders are out for the rest of the year. Dean Wilson announced that he, well, it's not official. They haven't released a press release, but we are all assuming he will be on uh, Husqvarna next season. Justin Rodbill is 17th in points. He's in the battle for that position with Frederick Noren at 18th in points. And right behind him, fairly close, is Ryan Surratt. And, and 20th place in points is Ben LeMay. So that is your top 20 in the 450 class. All right, let's get to your 250 results. Jet Lawrence went 1-1, a very dominating performance. Uh, that is 3-for-3 three three for Jet Lawrence in the last three times they have rode the track. And I have to basically put egg on my face because... Nah, I'm just kidding. I pretty much... Pick Jet Lawrence to win the championship. Uh, I couldn't remember until I reviewed on who won this championship, and it was uh, <coughs> Jet Lawrence. And uh, I, uh, I felt that uh, Jet Lawrence was probably going to be the most consistent person this year. I, I really wanted to pick Jeremy Martin, and, be, and be, but I, Jet Lawrence probably was going to be it, and he was. And, you know, earlier in the season, I, when I was originally starting this podcast, I was critical of Feld pushing Jet, Jet, Jet this, but I, I, maybe I should have reevaluated that, and I probably was a little harsh. But, you know what, his marketing team with the donuts is pretty cool. Uh, you know, the Jet makes me wet signs and all the signs, you know, they're very smart. And it's going to help out the marketing because everybody wants to grow the sport. Everybody wants more fans. Every everybody wants more advertisers, viewers, everything. And he's probably going to be one of the 
riders that's going to be doing that. My only thing on the on the Supercross rant is if you're going to interview him for a fifth place, can, can we get other guys in? Because we just need more personalities, and if we can see more personalities, and the other thing is, is if we're going to have this personality for Jet, please, please don't lose it when you get into the 450 class. That's kind of all I, that's all I ask. Anyway, Michael Mosen, second place, two four. Uh, good for him. Uh, obviously, he missed some races with with injury. Had the whole shot in Moto One, went down, and then he had to ride his way back up to second. Uh, he got fourth in uh, Moto Two. Uh, he, him, and Jet had some issues. They never really got much together in this race. But, but uh, it'd be interesting to see where Mos how Mosman does in Supercross next year. He showed more flashes every single year. More and more and more, so he's going to be a, a real title contender going into 2022. Justin Cooper, um, I have no idea. He went MIA ever since Moto 2 and Washougal. Well, Bud's Creek, he was up by a lot, and well, I actually know. Well, ever since Bud Creek Moto 1, he's been MIA. So. I don't know what's going on. Nobody knows what's going on. And it is radio silent from them. And it's just one of those things where if you, you, you really want to know what's going on. And I don't know. You, when, when you look at certain things about motocross, it, it, it's, it's always secretive. And, and you understand that it's been secretive but you need to say something and I've been very critical of Justin Cooper in a lot of my podcasts but you, you gotta say something dude because the trend for Justin Cooper in his entire career is he's now he's extremely talented writer and it, he's, it has a lot of podiums, but he always starts. He's, he he kind of, in a lot of ways, it not in the wins category for Roxon per se, but it's kind of similar to Roxon, where he he starts out a season strong, and it, it it's extremely extremely strong, and then it, it just fades. It, it it's really bizarre and this trend I don't know if it's because of the, the crash it, it's, it's taken a more extreme ta uh, more extreme route but you know when you look at his rookie season he started out strong uh, and, and, and you know people expected that and then you look at uh, the season with Adam Cincerello he started out strong and then faded away uh, 2020, he was never the same because of injuries to begin with. But now you look at 2021, it's the same exact thing. It's He's MIAing late in the season. So I just I don't know what to do with Justin because you see the talent, you see the starting, and then but then you you uh, you see no personality in the interviews, 
And then when he doesn't get his way, he, he just acts like the biggest prick on the planet during his interview. So I just, I don't know. He just needs to reevaluate himself or get somebody to reevaluate him and help him assist him moving forward because he'll, he'll have one more year in the 250 class and it's it could be a little bit more of a rough 450 career, 450 career and you kind of need a fan base and I don't think he realistically has a fan base because he's going to have at least a one year buffer before Jet Lawrence gets there and then once Jet Lawrence gets into the 450 class uh, Coop Justin could be lost in the Jet bandwagon so there's that Joe Simoda impressive race uh, he had showed a lot of speed to get fourth overall he's gotten a lot better throughout the entire race the one thing that's held jo uh, Joe back a lot of these races are his starts and uh, if he gets those solved at any point it's not the bike it, I don't think it's the bike at all I, I, Joe has struggled the entire year at um McAdoo has had good starts. I've seen Forkner have good starts. So uh, it's it, I think it's Joe. Just he, he's even acknowledged that he's kind of a bad starter. Hunter Lawrence, uh, fifth overall. I I don't know what to say about Hunter. I thought he was going to have a better year, and this year has been kind of a rough disaster. There's moments of brilliance like Southwick. And then there's other, I mean, then there's other races where he's out front, then he crashes, and then there's other races where he's just not there. So I don't know what to say about Hunter Lawrence. Uh, it, it's this year has kind of gone a reversal where his Supercross season was amazing, and then now motocross has been terrible. And you, like I said, I thought this was going to be a reversal, but. Hopefully, come 2022, he can rebound, or at least in the motocross side, and continue to progress in the uh, supercross side. RJ Hampshire, sixth place. Uh, horrible start in Moto2. Uh, he was 28th off the start, but was able to rebound. Um, we'll see what happens to him in 2022, but he's got to stop crashing. Dylan Swartz, another top 10. Good for him. I really hope he finds... Sounds like he's going to go back to Barak Suzuki, but I really hope he... Uh, I think the one thing that's holding him back is uh, his Supercross skills. So if he's able to progress in that nature in 2022, show better results, he's going to be on a factory team. And I was kind of hoping that maybe like PC or somebody would uh, pick him up. So hopefully that happens. Josh Wolferis, eighth. He is on the uh, Husky team, factory team. Uh, they picked him up, and he showed up. He showed good. He was fighting top tens versus a lot of riders. Good for him. Levi Kitchen, ninth. Ah, horrible starts. His starts were terrible. Thirty uh, first and sixteenth. Uh, if he wants to have a better career than that. Uh, he needs to start better, and that's already a problem. His starts are worse, worse than Joe Shimoda. Um, his starts are actually worse than Dylan Ferrandez's, and that's 
and that's saying something. So, uh, Austin Forkner, 10th, still searching, man. He's still, 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 still searching for himself. So, uh, hopefully he finds himself for 2022 Supercross. I'm an Austin Forkner guy, and I'm cheering for him. Uh, Ty Masterpool, 11th. Uh, Jarrett Fry, not coming back to Star Yamaha, so it will be interesting to see where he goes. Maximus Molin, 13th. I th the one thing, not for him personally, but I, I felt that he was not going to, for, for Pulp of Mex Fantasy, I didn't think he was going to, I thought he was going to finish better enough not to be an all-star, but he's probably going to be doing very well at Hangtown, where he's going to be 50 points, so I'm kind of annoyed there. Carson Mumford, 14th. Somebody said, uh, I think Pulp said he was going to be on Barak Suzuki next year. So he's going to have to uh, do pretty good next year to be, be on a better team the following year. Uh, Preston Kilroy got 15th. Uh, Christopher Pribula, 16th. Braden Lessler, 17th. Derek Kelly, 18th. Austin Black, rookie, 19th. And Tyson Johnson got 20th. All right, points for 250 class. Jet Lawrence is close. He's basically, if he wins Moto 1, he wins the championship. That's all he has to do or finish two points ahead of Justin Cooper. Justin Cooper will finish at least second of points no matter what. Hunter Lawrence just has to have a decent race, and he's locked third place up in points. RJ Hampshire has locked up. As, as long as he has an okay race, he's locked up fourth place in points. Joe Shimoda just has to score at least eight place points, eight points, and he uh, gets top five. Jerry Martin, who's out for the rest of the year, will at worst finish sixth place in points. Austin Forkner will finish seventh in points. Michael Mosman will finish eighth. Uh... Max Volen will probably finish ninth. Uh, Dylan Schwartz can get into the top 10 in points with a okay weekend that will knock out Jalik Schwoll, who actually won a race this season. Colt Nichols is out for the rest of the year. He will not compete at Hangtown. And that will allow Carson Mumford to pass him in points. He's currently 13th. Uh, Jarrett Fry will race his last race for the, he is currently 14th on points. Um, he will race his last race, as I said, for Star Yamaha. Uh, where am I? Sorry. Ty Masterpool is one point behind Jarrett Fry. It'll be interesting to see what he does next season. He needs to improve massively on his, uh, um, not Supercross skills. Uh, Garrett Marchbanks is 16th in points. And then uh, 17th is Pierce Brown. He's out for the rest of the year. By the way, Garrett Marchbanks is out. He was diagnosed with Addison's disease. Hopefully he gets that taken care of so he can compete in 2022 Supercross. Joshua Ferraras, uh, 18th in points. He does have a shot to pass Pierce Brown in points. Styles Robinson out for the rest of the year in 19th in points. Uh, Levi Kitchen is currently 20th. He does have a shot to at least pass styles to get 19th in points that will at least pump them up for a better number next year that is it for lucas oil pro motocross 
Alright, let's uh, get you caught up to MXGP Talk. And they just wrapped up today a double header in Turkey. They've had to a little bit to adjust their schedule because of COVID-19. And it's been an interesting turn of events because of it. And obviously throughout this season, it's going to be a debate if uh, Tim Geiser can win his fourth championship in a row. Can anybody, can Tony Caroli win another championship? Can he be the first one to break 100 wins? Uh, can Jeffrey Herlins pass Tony Caroli in wins? Uh, or Stephen Everett's, or that's the same thing as Caroli. Uh, can Roman Frever uh, get up there? Can Jorge Prado take the next step? Paul Jonas, Kolnanoff, Ben Watson. Uh, where is he going to be at in his rookie season? So, either way, get you caught up. Um, where to start? Uh, at least where we're at. Jeffrey Hurlings coming back off injury. He's raced hell of a time. Let's just go through Turkey. Uh, Tim Geiser won two of the four races. And then uh, the other two have been won by uh, Jeffrey Hurlings. Her so uh, Tim has not crashed, uh, at least in one of the races. It was arm pump that led to a horrific sixth-place route in the first ra first race in Turkey. But he rebounded, and, and so he got uh, only lost seven points to Hurlings. I look at the rest of the, even though Roman Frever is now second in points, he bumped up, but... It's now 355 to 327. So Tim has bumped up his points lead from Cairoli, Hurlings, Prado. So Tim is doing what he needs to do to the rest of the field. And it's good for Tim because there are... How many races are left here? Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Allegedly there are supposed to be nine races left. And I believe this is going to be, I believe this is, even though I understand Hurlings missed a race and a half, this is a defining season for Tim Geiser's career. Because I think, I, I understand the win total is extremely important for the MXGP crowd, but championships for me are important. And this entire field has almost, outside of Hurlings missing a few races, uh, this entire field has been here the entire year. And uh, Hurlings, or is that Hurlings? Geiser has been the points leader the entire year. And has he been perfect? No. But not everybody has been perfect the entire year. And he has won races when uh, Hurlings has been here which he needs to so uh so overall turkey uh hurlings has won both overalls but he hasn't gone one one he's gone one two in both of them and that's because tim geiser has won has been able to pick off wins so uh roman Feber, i think he's kind of had disappointed he's gone four four and then uh four five so uh 
He's kind of crashed, been in- inconsistent. Uh, it was announced that he signed a new contract extension with Kawasaki, so that's good for him. I didn't realize he was 29 years old, but uh, so good for him. So he hasn't exactly had a good turkey, but uh, it's been consistent, but hasn't been where he needs to be. Antonio Carilli had a good uh, day today. He got uh, a, uh, a podium. Obviously, he got second in Moto1, third in Moto2. Uh, he was fighting with Jorge Prado in Moto Two. If I if he was if he got would have got past Prado earlier, he may have had something for Hurlings, but it was too late uh, for Hurlings. He's getting closer to Geyser in points, but it's still over a thirty point differential right now. It's thirty four points uh, with nine races to go. Thirty four points if they keep trading points at all. Hurlings is going to be at a standstill. Uh, very disappointing day and for overall in general for Jorge Prado. Scored a big zero in Moto1 in Turkey. Only got 18 points in uh, Moto2. Uh, Moto uh, the one thing I'll say about uh, Prado is he's a hell of a starter. And uh, it's... You know, you think about maybe when you watched him in the MX2, maybe it's the bike because you see uh, Soral do that, and maybe it's the bike. No, no, no. Jorge Prado is the one hell of a starter. And uh, if he ever is able to hold on speed for the rest of, if he ever finds like hurling speed or even, heck, even geyser speed, uh, the, the rest of the field is in trouble. But, you know, every race that I see, you know, he always gets tracked down by, uh, I'm sorry, that's my seat and my foot. Um, whenever you see the field, you, you always see him get tracked down by uh, Caroli, Dicer, Hurlings, or even Roman. So until he can find that extra gear, and I understand he's got the long-haul COVID deal when you listen to the M- MX Vice interviews, but he just doesn't have that extra gear that when you want a champion because... But either way, uh, I think, truthfully, I think Geyser will win this championship just because uh, I just think Hurlings is always going to be a wild card. There's always going to be an injury here or there. And then I understand there's always, you know, Gumby Geyser is going to make a mistake. But uh, I, I just, I don't, I, I just have a hard time believing Geyser has been more consistent than everybody else has. He's, He's got the points lead now out again. And uh, there we go. The rest of the points, like, so I said Geyser's one, Feber's two, Corolli's three, Hurlings is four, Prado's five, Sewer's six, sorry, excuse me, Jonas is seven, Koldenhoff is eight, Lupino is nine, and Ben Watson is tenth in points. Good for him. Good for Ben. All right. Let's get to the uh, MX2 class when it comes to the uh, point standings, if this ever wants to load. But overall, I enjoy the uh, MX2 coverage and even the, uh, sorry, the MX2 coverage, the MX, um, the MXGP coverage. I think Paul Malin does a fantastic job on the TV coverage. He, he's amazing. 
Uh, I think I, th I do think Weege is the best, but that, that's just me. But um, yeah. So in the MX2 class, uh, Tom Vial wins today. He goes uh, two one, and uh, Maxiel Real, who is the points leader, went one two. So they tied in the overall standings, but the overall obviously will go to Vial. Uh, you know, you kind of sad. I think Vial would have won the championship if he would have been healthy. But uh, Maxiel, Max is, Renal is kind of starting to finally found his footing. And he will win this championship. He's uh, slowly, he's just going, he's just, he's almost got a 50-point lead over second place. And nobody else is as consistent. The question is, uh, Yago Gertz, what happened to you? Uh, you're, you're just, honestly, you're MIA. You're third in points, but you're MIA. Uh, Beaton is fourth. Uh, Ferrandez is sixth. Hoffer is seventh. And uh, Wilson Todd, you're twelfth. I, I just, I look at the rest of the field. There's not much, I mean, I, I hear from Embex Vice. I hear from Jason Thomas that there's a lot of talent in the field. But all I want to see for the rest of the nine races how far will Vial catch up to Maxiel Rial? So that's all I want to see in the MX2 class, and that's all I'm going to cover. So, all right, that's it for my motocross podcast for this one. Uh, thank you, and uh, listen to my next one. Thank you.